This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to machine learning. Well, I have some thoughts about uh, Python programming. One of the things I'd like to do in Python is write regular expressions. And uh, regular expressions are basically a grammar. It reminds me of the days when I took computer theory. We talked about graph theory and how the graph theory could create a grammar, and that grammar would express certain functionality. So you could have transition from one state to another. You could have self-recursion where one state was looping back on itself, processing. And so the graph could describe a grammar, and that grammar could represent functionality. So most computers are state machines, and they are expressed, their functionality can be expressed in a grammar. So like, for example, when you're dealing with a regular expression, you have a group, and that group can be looking for a certain particular pattern. But if you want to, uh, and that's called a capture group, and so you could take your regular expression and do a find all on that group, and it would find the first occurrence of that grouping. That's great when you're dealing with one occurrence of that pattern. But what if you were wanting to have multiple occurrences of that pattern? Well, the way you would do that is you can have a repeating grouping. And the way you would do that is question mark colon inside of your your capture group. So this is uh, a way to find pattern. Literals are preceded with a slash. So, you, for example, if you wanted to find a plus sign in the data, you would do a, a slash plus. So your literals are preceded with a slash or escape. And then you can do a word slash W, which is a word. And that's one character. 
That would be not a whole word as we would think, like WRD. This would be W in that word, but we call it a word. And then you could have a slash S for space. So say, for example, you're looking for a pipe, a plus, and then a, a word, not a character, a word, a space, a word, a space, and possibly a plus at the end, and then a pipe. Well, how are we going to deal with the pipe? Because we don't want that to be part of the data, but we want to identify that pipe as the beginning in the data that we want to capture. Well, regular expressions have what they call look behind, which is question mark greater than, or let's see, less than equal. And you, and then you set that up as a capture group. And then you can look do look behind, which is question mark equal. And that would be in its own capture group. And so what that's saying is if that character exists, prior to your capture group, then your capture group is good. And if the pipe, in this case that's the character we're looking for, is after the capture group data, then the capture group is good. So it's the, the look behind and look ahead are basically qualifiers for the capture group. And then you can also set that up with a repeat on the capture group that you're searching for with the question mark colon as previously stated. So you can see that these grammars, which I've described here, um, translate to the computer theory of the state machine. Because in order for the state to process, on that graph, certain conditions have to exist, and, it, and the machine has to read over the data, scan the data, and see if those conditions exist, and then return back to where it was prior to scanning over the data for the look behind and look ahead. And then once those qualifiers are true, then it needs to apply the capture group repeated for the um, patterns. So you could have multiple words uh, where, for example, you have a plus a work character and a space. Now what do you do when you if the character 
plus is optional. Well, we can tell the regular expression a specific count. You can say from 1 to 2 or uh, 0 to 2 occurrences, or you could say 0 to many, and you, that is denoted as a star. 1 to many is denoted as a plus. So you can see why you could get confused if you were looking at it and you saw a slash plus and then you saw a plus, uh, slash W plus, which means more, one or many characters. So if you had a preceding plus, slash plus, you would use a slash plus star and then your characters slash <coughs> W plus because you want one or many, at least one character, and then a slash S for space star for zero or many occurrences, and our literal again, slash plus star, zero or many occurrences. And this allows you to process the data in that capture group as true or false, and if it's true, then you return the capture group returns the data as a uh, as a set data in the set that it captures. Now, it seems like that we've gone through a lot of work to write the, the regular expression. Why couldn't we have just brought, developed four loops and uh, wrote the expression that way? Where we kept, we use um, where we use the different uh, looping structures, and we could use a stack or a queue, and process the sentence that way. We could, but it, it now begins to we begin to look at like the way AI works. AI is actually an encoding and decoding process of the grammars. And so we could have code that generates and writes itself in a grammar and then runs that code the decode and does certain behaviors. So you could have machines writing code and that code uh, changing and growing according to its existing grammar. 
as a very powerful concept of machines writing code. And the reason why that would be valuable is that new rules could be added, new observances, new patterns, and the code changes. Just like our rules have additional rules that are added, and we change the way we think. And for the, maybe for the most part, the code stays the same, the core stays the same, doesn't change, and it writes additional cases or different capture groups, patterns that it's looking for as the data changes and the patterns it's looking for change. So I, in some ways, I think the regular expression is a more advanced grammar. It is a grammar that can change dynamically as the behavior of the output can change. So these are some fascinating aspects to the world we live in, and maybe that's why regular expressions have persisted and been used for a long time, is the fact that there is a need for a language that's dynamic. Because it's not easy to read. If you, if you don't know what the objective of the regular expression is, you have to read it from left to right and then start to figure out what it does. And sometimes regular expressions can be very long. And they're handling many, many cases of data patterns within the regular expression. Because you can do ORs using a pipe. You could say A, pipe B, and that means that in that capture group, you're looking for the character A or B. You can do that also with words. Hello, pipe, world. So you would either have the word, it would find the word hello, or it would find the word world in the capture group and then use that as its pattern match. So these are pattern matchings are uh, valuable in our world. 
Now, let's say you were looking for A and Z carriers, alphanumeric. It's very simple. You'd say bracket, left bracket, A dash Z, capital A, capital Z. And then you'd say A dash Z, small, capitalization. And then you would say 0-9, right bracket. So using just a few characters, you've told the machine, the state machinery, to evaluate the string like the Turing machine. It's like a tape. We read in one character at a time. We're reading it through. And we have storage. We're putting things in storage as we read certain characters. And we're building a state graph. And the output is the result of the transitions along the state graph. And the state graph is being built by the Turing machine as it's reading one character at a time in the data stream. Why is it the humans don't process that way? Well, <clears throat> human beings are not a Turing machine, that's for sure. Because we don't get all the data process accurately. We get bits and pieces of it. We're receiving our information through our eyes, through our ears, through the different senses, and then we're translating that into symbols, feelings, meanings, but we don't process information like a Turing machine. We're not our information does not come in zeros and ones. But yet, digital machines have been able to simulate some of the patterns of processing that the brain does, and it does very well, like image recognition, classification of an image. And largely, that if you look at it, it does it differently than the way the human brain does image recognition. It's doing it based on a filter. So it's looking for certain, almost like search parameters as a way to identify the object. So it may say an orange has a certain outline, round, it has a certain texture, it has a certain color, but what happens when your textures between two different fruits are very similar? Then maybe it uses a size and it would have to have other features in its layers 
that it's capturing and paying attention to. Used for identification in the classification of that object. But machines do this very well. If you expose the machine to millions of images, it can learn the features differentiation between one feature and another. However, sometimes if you put certain things on that are orange, let's say put a label on the orange, could the machine know that that label on the orange did not make the orange a non-orange? And so like for example, when you have a speed limit and the machine's looking at the speed limit and you put a little piece of black duct tape near it, does it confuse the image recognition software so that it says that the speed limit is not 55 but 95? You know, how is it that we can differentiate um, when there is slight error or a certain percentage of error on the object that we identify. We identify, let's say, an orange with a label, an orange with uh, in a food net, an orange on the shelf in a grocery store. We could change the environment where the orange is and would the machine be able to correctly identify it as an orange each time? 